This is the Audio Podcast, episode 88, new fruit recorded on the 11th of June 2013. So excited. It's great to hear that tune. It's great to hear that tune. That, to me, that is pure audio podcast. And when we don't have it on the show, I feel a little sad. Anyway, so everyone, welcome to the audio podcast this week. Um, we've got our usual bevy of presenters. Uh, I, I am Adam Yanch, and uh, with me we have... I'm Samuel Freeman, and as always there is... Scott Hewitt, hello! Yeah, fantastic. And uh, yeah, you know, I think we're getting back into the, this old uh, podcasting lark, having had a, a, you know, a few weeks off earlier in the year. And this week, oh boy, have we got some news for you. Um, and, you know, we'll, we'll talk about this stuff as well. Um, as we all know, there's... Yeah, no, no. You, you, yep, you so links, links to all the things we'll talk about are in the show notes as always, which this week are at theaudiopodcast.co.uk slash show slash 88. And you can awesome stuff. get back in touch with us on Twitter, etc. Blah, blah, blah. Shall we get into the news? We will do. Now, just, just so it's really clear, we're going to do non-Apple stuff. Then we're going to do the Apple stuff, and then we'll do Plunder at the end. So we're, you, you can feel free to edit your way through the show yourself when you're listening back to it or watching back to it if you want to, because you may have seen loads of Apple coverage already. But our, our Apple coverage is going to have that uh, audio slant to it, one hopes. That's cool. So the, the right. first one, though, is a hotfix. Uh, Steinberg released a hotfix for Cubasis on iOS, uh, version 1.4.1, which apparently fixes a, uh, a couple of problems. Um... So, audio, audio files being deleted. <laughs> one oh, of them. That's just a minor problem. Well, I uh, said duplicated and then deleted. Did that mean that the originals remain untouched, but it duplicates them and then deletes the duplicates immediately? Uh, that was ambiguous, but I don't use the application, so I can't check it out. And um, um, what does hotfix mean? I mean, what's the difference between a hotfix and an update? Well, I think I, it, I think it sounds more urgent, doesn't it? It sounds like you really oh. should do it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's like... It's a big problem that needs to be solved, so we're just going to fix that. Maybe that's what it is. It's just a fix for a particular problem. Yeah, well, I, I think it's. I think they identified there was a severe problem with the previous version, and hence they needed to get this fix, this fix out to kind of fix these problems. Obviously, you know, with it being an iOS app, it's going to come through iTunes, and it's just going to be, a, you know, go to iTunes and hit update, and you update the app. So. Yeah. So you would have got it anyway at some point. Yeah, so it'll definitely be on its way. But if you're a Cubasis user and you haven't updated Cubasis in the last 24 hours, then it's probably worth hitting the button. It's probably worth doing it right now. Yeah, well, go once you've read the show, obviously. <laughs> obviously. Now, if you're not a Cubasis user, but you are a Propellerhead user, then you might be interested in the Propellerhead Producers Conference, uh, which is in London. Um, that's quite soon, actually. Uh, what is it today? It's the 12th, it's the 11th of June. It's on the uh, 23rd of June. So you have 12 days. And you know what? £12 for a conference, that's not too bad. If you happen to be in London already, yep, it's down at the Red Bull Studios. I'd and, pay it. It's uh, even worth going if you, you know what I mean? That's not a price. I thought it was a great deal. That's why I thought it was, you know, let's put it up. And what, what kind of thing will they be, um, what will be happening in there? Will it be like, uh, workshops, talks, you know, that kind of stuff? I, I suspect they're going to be talking about reason. I think it's, yep, there's going to be producers talking about the way that they personally use it and giving away some of their tricks, but probably not that many of them. Ah. But, yeah. Okay, so they're not going to talk about recycle at all? 
I, I got the impression it was reason orientated, but I suspect that you know. Yeah. Maybe. <laughs> there, there's loads. Of, um, you know, um, uh, Matisse Gerard is obviously one of the actual uh, propel head guys. Uh, Gary Broham, uh, Richard Babriari. So there's quite a few, quite a few kind of names who are going to be there present presenting. I I reckon it'd be kind of cool. Okay, so there you go. An audio podcast recommendation. Go to the Propellerhead Producers Conference in London uh, at the Red Bull something. Where? What is it? A Red, Bull? Red Bull Studios. Red Bull Studios, yeah. Where and are Red Bull Studios? You do have to get tickets. You do have to get no the, Well, you should get your. Well, I would recommend that you get tickets before you go. So you can buy the tickets <laughs> online. The link's obviously on the show notes at theaudiopodcast.co.uk slash show slash 88. I'd just like to add that um, these, the past two stories are the type of things that I would normally add, but it wasn't me that added them this week. This is just... Nah. just well, I never add stories, so it must be Scott Hewitt. Bless you. What? Happy to see they were there. I haven't... I've, I've been behind on the news. I haven't read anything this week, so it's all news to me. Good well, stuff. Then, <laughs> um, so our, our final non-Apple item. There, there was quite a lot about quite a lot of non-Apple news, but you know. I mean, but there's so much Apple news that yes. it'll have to be moved to next week. Yeah. So uh, our final thing is um, over the weekend, uh, Pace uh, Copyright Protection released a new version of the iLock website, which appeared to be a cosmetic overhaul, like because it was a new design site. But it turns out that they also uh, changed some of the back end as well. And as a consequence, some people have had problems with um, their iLock um, accounts running. So if, if you're still having problems with your iLock now, you should contact them because they do think they've resolved the problems. But So th there was an acknowledged problem over kind of Sunday to Monday. But if you've still got a problem, you should contact them because the acknowledged problem they reckon is now resolved. The problem was people experiencing some of their licenses showing up as labeled temporary, which was just That's a correct, database yeah. thing. Yeah. But cool. um, I think it's I, I think it's Pro Tools Expert actually had a kind of um, Pro Tools Expert had an article about the new site and about some of the new stuff, but I couldn't find the kind of news story or press release from them for us to link against directly, so um, you know, I mean, but I put I put the story in for the complete statement. So, I I don't know where Pace. I contacted Pace Press, but they haven't replied back saying what, how they prefer to contact people. So, um, you know, Pro Tools experts seem to have the kind of direct line at the moment, which is very cool. So, there you go. Hence, I linked it like that. All right. So now I think we're going to start what what will be a new section, Scott. Before the plunder <laughs> and after the news, we have a special section called. Apple News. <laughs> so if you couldn't care about Apple's Apple's uh, developer conference announcements in the slightest, this is the point to uh, move forward in time, probably a significant distance. But only if you're listening to the podcast after the fact. That's very true. Otherwise, you have a time machine, which would be pretty awesome, you know. Perhaps I was supposed to tweet. Hang on, there we go. Where the plunder is, <laughs> time-wise. But anyway. Okay, so basically, okay. yesterday. Well, yesterday was actually. Keynote Monday, because not only were there three games companies, or maybe more, doing big keynotes on uh, next generation games consoles and the such, um, but of course, Apple have WWDC, um, which I think is the one everyone really cared about, um, and we've got a bevy of news related to WWDC and the Apple keynote. 
So um, I, I was actually writing the stories in real time as the keynote was going on. So as a consequence, our coverage is actually going to be going to be backwards through the keynote. So what was announced last night. <laughs> and and I'm not committing to doing that in the future in all circumstances. But you know, if you're wanting the audio slant to kind of announcements, it might be worth having a little look past the site in those kind of situations. So should we start with um, iOS seven? Well, yes, because we're going backwards in time. You've already told us that. Yeah, that's, that's very true. So, and, and iOS 7, Adam and I were just quickly discussing this, but if you want a little bit more detail on some of these stories, then it is possible for an, anybody to get an Apple developer's account if you go to, is it developer.apple.com? Yeah. And you can sign in with a developer's account, which will actually give you access to documentation that we can't discuss, but is free to access in exchange for an email address. So Exactly. So we're, we're we're going to be a little so we're, we're going to be careful not to comment any on that stuff, but that's where you can really get some of the fine detail if you're if you're really interested. In it. Really Basically, interested. we're we're allowed to talk about the things they talked about yesterday, um, but nitty gritty. To be honest, though, I I don't think you. I mean, I didn't look at the nitty gritty of the audio stuff. I was looking at some other stuff today, which had nothing nothing to do with audio, um, but there was a big audio. Um, part update to iOS 7 announced, and that is inter-app audio. Now, um, what, what I'm thinking is, is that like audio bus? Well, the quote that Scott's put on the um, show notes says that with inter-app audio, apps can register their audio streams to share with other apps. So that does sound a lot like what audio bus was doing except it will be native to the operating system now. Mm. And also, yes. and it will also provide MIDI control as well. So, yeah. I see. So I wonder what Michael Tyson of um, Audiobus thinks about it. I was thinking when I read that, I thought, oh, that's kind of interesting. And it's a bit of a shame because, I, you know, I followed um, the Audiobus uh, development as it started from like its idea. I followed them on Twitter and I followed it as an idea. They went through the creating it, the testing, the, everything, and it was like this huge thing to all these people. And now it's become a very uh, well. Basically, if you're doing music on iOS, you need Audio Bus. It's almost a necessary thing. And now Apple just come in and like pull the rug out. If it, if that is the case. Then Apple have just come in and pulled the rug out. I mean, where does you know? I'm just kind of fascinated to know what the the guys who spent so long working on it feel about it. You know. Well, well, I guess the the first thing that we should the, the first thing that we should mention is the fact that iOS seven is going to have proper support for actual for multitasking across all applications being controlled by the being controlled by the OS. So that that's something they're rolling out. Whereas it's been there in the way you've been able to run iTunes in the background. Now you'll be able to run all lots of applications will be able to run in the background. However, the operating system is going to have control over what things are actually running at at what times. So when that was first stated, when they stated it like that, it, it, I was a little I wasn't thinking it was the end of Audiobus because I was thinking, well, the last thing you know, the way that's going to be implemented is, oh, you're not looking at the app, therefore we should stop it doing whatever it's doing, and you'll get that kind of thing in there. And it's quite likely to be quite aggressive control because obviously 
the more apps you have running at the same time, the quicker the battery goes down. And on a mobile device, you know, it's all about battery life still, really. So that was the way I was. I, I was looking at it thinking, oh, audio bus will remain, you know, in the way it is. But then when they kind of gave this more detail, I was thinking, well, perhaps audio bus is in trouble, in, in trouble with this. But then if you think about it, core audio on OS X always allowed this kind of possibility. But to make use of it, in most situations, you needed to use something like Soundflower. So I can still see how just because the support's been rolled into the operating system now, you're probably still going to need a third-party app to actually make full use of it and access it. So stuff like that. So uh, do you mean that you feel like this is actually more an API that's been released rather than a... Um like an actual part of the operating system that any audio programmer can implement, integrate into their app. Yeah, I, I think it's going to be... It, it, my understanding of it is looks as if it's going to work very much in the way that sound... you know, very much in the way that Soundflower does, or AudioBus does now, where you send audio... In, inside, a, inside an application, you can choose where you're sending the audio to. So rather than sending the audio directly you know, direct out to the headphones or the speaker, you can instead opt to send it via another device, via another application instead. And I can imagine that Apple would want control of this because then they're going to be able to man do the power management around that correctly. So mm. it'll be properly power managed and therefore they'll be able to prolong the, you know, the life of, of the kind of phones, you know, the life of the phone and the life of the iPad along, alongside that sort of thing. No, I think I, sorry. That, that, would be, that would be my suggestion. The reason I mention it is just if you think of like um, I'm an Android phone user, Facebook. The Facebook app is the notorious one where if you put Facebook on your Android phone and then let Facebook do everything it wants to do, it'll run your battery flat in about 40 minutes, and you won't actually have used it. it you know what I mean? Because it's it's a bad it's a bad app for kind of power management and multitasking. So I can see why Apple wanted to get the kind of get this space and kind of formalize it rather than leaving it up to a third party company who may or may not have been doing it in the way that Apple wanted it to be done. And you know, an audio bus can obviously. One would presume that audio bus will probably build on top of this functionality when it's when it becomes available with you know iOS seven to the public in September. Well, unless of course it's uh, unless of course it replaces audio bus, in which case, I mean, audio bus have a lead because so many apps already have audio bus in, in involved. I'm just having a look at the audio bus Twitter. I I wonder account. if audio bus are. I wonder though if you could. I can envision a way that AudioBus has been built where they could essentially swap out their own custom backend and replace it with this new Apple interapp backend and just carry on. So to everybody, it'll just look like they're still using AudioBus, but in fact, AudioBus have handed over a significant part of their support to Apple now, who are going to be managing this for them. So that's the way that I could see them turning it into a win-win for them. Well, I wonder. I, I actually wonder if Apple might have. Realized how good AudioBus was, and maybe Apple have licensed code or or something, you know, because it's come. This has come out of nowhere, you know. Actually, you've got to say rumors. You know, you have the we had the iRadio rumor from last week that we talked about, but you know there are some things we're going to talk about in the show where like no one was really knew it was coming. There wasn't any certainty that these things were going to come, so. Yeah. Anyway, let's see. I think that will be one we should follow up on in a future episode of the audio podcast. Um, see how you know how it affects the app ecosystem already. Um, I think we should move on to the next uh, 
forward previous announcement. Um, so which the, is uh, that, uh, that there's an update to the MacBook Air um, line of computers that uses the new Intel Haswell architecture. That's correct. Um, I, it's not much of a story, really, from an audio perspective, I don't think, but the, the MacBook Airs will now come with Haswell processors inside them, which means they're going to get substantial battery life boosts um, to 9 hours for an 11-inch, 12 hours on the 13-inch. Also, um, 802.11ac wireless on them as well. But the actual external connectivity, which I suspect is of most interest to most of our listeners, remains the same. So USB 3, Thunderbolt, and then a head, a, you know, a headphone jack out, which does support the kind of mic in, does support the mic in on a kind of you know, iPhone headphone cable. Now, before we move on, the battery life thing isn't just down to the Intel architecture because it's such a big jump. I, I read an article on Ars Technica this afternoon about the, the battery life thing. And battery, well, we'll consider that battery life is something to do with audio because you can get more hours to uh, work on your computer before the battery runs out. And, and you ha have more time to work on your tune and, you know, to re refine your, your audio practice. Um, but there are things within the operating system as well uh, the new operating system, which we'll mention in a second, which also help with the battery life. And some of them are kind of iOS stroke mobile e uh, of that kind of ilk. So, yeah, I think that was probably one of the, you know, 12-hour battery life for, for a 13-inch laptop. That's that's pretty notable. That's almost a doubling of the, uh, of the original. I think it was seven hours, was it? Seven hours now to 12? Yep. Something like that. Anyway, so there are the uh, new MacBook Airs. However, what's a lot more interesting and maybe a lot more disappointing for audio heads is the Mac Pro. Yeah. It so, uh, lives. It, it lives. It, it does. And not only does it, does it live, but it is in a uh, very new design. So I'm, I'm sure most people have seen it, but there is a new case and a, 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 brand, a brand new case to it. Yeah. Um, and a complete new architecture, and it is due to be. It is due to arrive in the fall later on this later on this year. And basically, um, it looks like a small rubbish bin. That's what it looks like. <laughs> yes, I, I would agree. Agree entirely. A, a, a small a, a small rubbish bin. That's very nice. So it it. So the the first thing I think we should stress here is that they gave a spec out, but I wonder if the spec is actually what's going to arrive because the spec is a little dated now and will be massively dated in the in the September, and the, the actual site itself, which we've linked to off the audio podcast site, actually kind of comments, actually has a kind of, you know, spec kind of indicative rather than a guarantee. So you're looking at Intel Xeon E5s, uh, that's a 12 core, 12 core processor, um, DDR3 1866 megahertz memory, so incredibly fast memory, uh, dual GPUs, which will allow you to run three 4K screens at the same time, um, which, which is kind of cool. Um, the on the onboard storage is SSD running off uh, PCIe. Express. Um, there's also incredibly fast storage, though obviously going to be quite pricey, um, as it's all going to be SSD there. But then the big thing is the all of the external expansion options, all of the internal expansion options are then gone. There, as is the optical drive, and every, your any sort of externals you want to run onto it are to be run over the Thunderbolt 2 connection. 
which is out, out of the back of it. But luckily, so, there are six of those. Yeah. That's the so, thing. When I saw the, the back panel of it, I thought, wow, six Thunderbolt connectors. That's a lot of Thunderbolt connectors. I haven't seen two Thunderbolt connectors next to each other before. Well, maybe that's right, yeah. So have, the, but... the connectivity is four times USB 3, six times Thunderbolt. With, that's two separate Thunderbolt controllers. Um, and each controller has ten uh, has a is it what ten gig up and down two lots of ten gig up and down on it there, um, HDMI HDMI one point four and twin gigabit Ethernet plus a line in, yes <laughs> and and a, and a headphone out so. So there, there is a line in on that device, which I thought was really. I thought we should mention that because. To be fair, the, the the Mac Mini has a line in. That's well. that, that's true. Yeah. So it, it it it's cool that it's there, and and I think the thing that I would want to stress straight away here is the fact that a lot of people were, and as Adam was kind of alluding to, a lot of people were probably panicking because all of their kind of Pro Tools hardware cards and stuff like that just you, you can't fit them in the machine. But that's because what they want you to do. Is to what I well what they want you to to do is to use an external PCI breakout box off the Thunderbolt connection. So you'll have a second a separate box which basically takes the Thunderbolt and turns it into the PCI Express bus, and then there you can mount in the cards. And we discussed that as a working practice with the Mac Pros because you could do that with Mac Pros as well with their Thunderbolt cards on them there. So that's what they're intended. That's what they're intending to happen with these with these Mac Pros. I. I personally don't think it's going to work out particularly well, because well, yeah, because the Mac Pro was like a workstation-style computer. Like the actual case was like something you could rack, and you know it was like that kind of thing. Whereas this new one is basically just a larger G4 cube, so it's really a, a thing that someone would put on their desk almost and have there as a kind of symbol of how successful they are. <laughs> well, well, that's correct, but not, but not only that, you're then saying, and now go out and buy a third-party enclosure, and then plug your card into the third-party enclosure, and at that point, you're kind of throwing, in my mind, Apple are throwing away all of the advantages that the Apple ecosystem always offered, because the minute you're, you know, when it was get your, when it was get your Power Mac and put in your Pro Tools card, that was a, you know, done and dusted supported, whereas now, you know, Avid are going to have to be supporting multiple different enclosures as well. So I, I wonder, I wonder whether the the correct approach here is just is for Apple. Well, it's for everybody to <laughs> abandon the the PCI cards altogether and to switch to Thunderbolt interfaces. You know, Avid already have some Thunderbolt interfaces available, and I think that might be that might have that might be the approach to take actually here. And of course, the other. The, the sorry, the the other problem is that there aren't any native FireWire ports, which is a practice that Apple have been working towards. But Mac Mini and do, do the um, iMacs have Fire, yeah, so FireWire? Yeah, so Mac Minis and iMacs have FireWire 800 on them still, don't they? And you can convert Thunderbolt to FireWire. So no, no, wait. Is... The new the new iMacs, the thin ones. I don't think they have FireWire on them. Uh, yes, you may be right, actually. The, but the, the thicker one. ones do, and the current iMacs, um, Mac Minis, have one FireWire 800 port. So that's a problem for, well, supposedly, I mean, it, there is this cable that connects FireWire to Thunderbolt. Yeah, that's correct. You can switch between 
you know, Thunderbolt is designed to carry all, all of the legacy protocols through it. So you can put FireWire down it, you can put USB down it, you know, you can put, you know, DVD oh. and HDMI down it as well. I'm saying that's that's its purpose. But so, so hold on, hold on. You, can you tell me where I can get a a Thunderbolt MIDI interface? No. Because, <laughs> you know, that would be amazing. Yes, it would be, wouldn't it? <laughs> Completely unnecessary because it, USB will do the job perfectly for us. Anyway, sorry. No. That's a little... No, bizarrely, though. No, I actually... USB I won't do the job very well because of the way it's designed. No, but I, I was just thinking that MIDI with its optical decoupling, if you had Thunderbolt, Thunderbolt 2, which is opt which is the optical version rather than the electrical version, there could be this bizarre circumstance where you could kind of, you know, get the optical decoupled output from the MIDI device and send it optically down the cable. That'd be kind of fun. <laughs> well, I'll we'll leave that one to you to engineer, Scott. Yes. But, but, uh, ultimate MIDI but, geek. but you know that uh, if you've got a Mac Pro, you've got six Thunderbolt ports, so you can always use one of them as a as a, a decoupled optical MIDI connector. Yeah. So so anyway, yeah, that's the the new Mac Pro. I would suggest actually, you know, I think it looks pretty nice. I have to admit, I think it's a new design from Apple. They haven't given us much new design of late, and I think it looks pretty damn special. And I would suggest uh, anyone go to the uh, US Apple website where you can, you, they have a really nice website. Um, yeah, it's uh, it apple.com slash Mac dash pro. And that yeah, has the... It's, has a, it's, a, it's a lovely little mini site that's animated and kind of uh, takes you step by step through all the different parts of it and the animation on the website is really nice. And, I, yeah. I'll agree that it's very nice. I enjoyed reading it earlier, but trying like the step-by-step -step things all well, but just now I tried to jump in the page to to something that I wanted to bring up and um, it crashed. <laughs> I broke the script on it. So um, maybe that's <laughs> a Firefox problem, but anyway. The, the new design though is, while it looks cool, it is also actually a significant design. It is a significant architectural step as well though, because- That's why I was gonna bring in, yeah. It, it has a single, it has what they're calling a unified thermal core, which is basically to say, all of the heat in the all of the heat inside it is designed to be collected in the center of the box, and then there's going to be then there's a single fan which is constantly providing the vent providing the airflow through there. So they've managed to get rid of all of the fans that you would normally have inside a kind of workstation, and their intention is they will be replaced by a single fan, which which is pretty impressive because that means you know rather than your typical workstation having which, which can quite often end up having a power supply fan, a fan for each processor inside it, and also fans on the GPU processors. Apple reckon that this is going to have a single fan inside it. So that's going to make it a lot quieter, which will have a lot of impact for audio work. Yeah, but it's a shame that they make such a lovely looking computer and you're going to have to put it in a box because it has a, a noisy fan on the top of it. Well, it could be a quiet fan. You never know. It's, uh... They reckon it's probably it's running at lower RPM than what we're familiar from computers because it's such a large fan on top of the. Like the... I don't know. There'll be a lot of heat there. Two GPUs. There's going to be a lot of heat there. Anyway, there's the uh, the Mac. The reveal of the Mac Pro, and uh, we're certainly not the first to talk about it. I'm sure, but um, we're going to have to wait a while before it's released because it, it, they basically said later this year. So we don't know exactly when that's going to come out, but when it does, we won't review it because we'll have to buy one. 
and it will be very expensive. But uh, we, what well, I think we should come back to that as well uh, in the future when there's more information about it. Right. So the last uh, Apple story is software. So we don't know when they're out, but we know when this is. Um, it's going to hit in the fall is when it's going to be able to full release, but this is OS X 10.9 Mavericks. Mavericks. You know that there's a, uh, uh, there's supposedly a club in Huddersfield called Mavericks. <laughs> and I just, that's the first thing I thought when I, I, when I heard the name, I thought that sounds like a pretty rubbish club that does. Um, but yeah, and I forgot that there was a uh, a club in Huddersfield. I probably didn't even know it. I'm not even sure if it's true. I, I got the impression it was. Anyway, so Mavericks, uh, breaking from uh, years of cat names, big cat names. Um, Mavericks is actually named after a surfing area in California. Something yeah, there's a big wave surfing off the coast. Yeah. Yeah. So that's so- that. I'm 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 going to I'm going to progress us through this. To be honest, from the <laughs> announcement that was made yesterday, I haven't read I haven't gone through the developer documentation for the 10.9 yet. But from the announcement made yesterday, there wasn't a lot of directly audio relevant stuff. There, there were lots of things that that kind of look interesting and kind of cool. The the coolest one I thought was the fact that you'll be able to use your Apple TV as an additional display, which is kind of neat. So you'll be able to run three displays off your off, off your kind of laptop, which, which I thought was kind of cool. But there were lots of things that could cause problems as well, though. So, you know, they're, they're hoping to use 10.9. is going to have a lot of kind of laptop-centric elements to it. So things like AppNap, which are going to put applications to sleep so they use less power. And they're going to start using compressed memory, which is something that other OSs have been doing for a while. So... Those things have the potential to improve battery life and to improve performance. They also have the potential, if done badly, to completely knacker <laughs> things. So it'd be interesting to see which way round there be. And I'm sure as, develop- as the developer release, as the developer release is played with, and people have a look at it, we'll see, we'll get a little bit more of a feel for that. But I, I don't, I didn't really pick up on anything unless you guys did, which was particularly relevant for audio for audio users. Did you guys or? Uh, the, the only other thing that I saw is that it looks like every computer that can run 10.8 can run 10.9. So uh, there are no casualty computers in this update. Yeah, so it'd be everything which has a 64-bit extension, 64-bit extension on the on the processor, isn't it? So that's everything, everything Intel other than the very first generation Intel. So anything which is a core two. Core two up, upward sort of stuff there, so. and hopefully that will mean that I don't know. Every every single up, upgrade seems to break audio in some way or another. But hopefully, if if there isn't any audio news, that means that maybe drivers will uh, for audio equipment will just work straight across to the new one as well. But well, we don't know, and we'll find out. And of course, you'll hear it here. <laughs> On the audio podcast, when we find it out, we'll keep we're, we're you very good. of the compatibility. Yes. We're very good at supporting when, th- when telling, you, telling you about when things break. To, to be honest, Adam, this could, be re- this could be a really problematic release because the, com- the compressed memory is going to be problematic. So for anybody who has an audio application which is directly writing in and out of memory, that's going to be a problem for the future now. Because but surely the, the API will 
handle the decompression, compression, and then hand it to the audio system so maybe it won't make any Yeah, difference. but there's, there's lots of people who, there's lots of applications where people have written stuff which has been working outside of those frameworks and has been reading, reading and writing, writing directly in and out of memory. It's obviously faster to do it yourself. But is but that not dangerous? Is that not something that can cause a kernel panic and, and crash your computer? Yes. It's always been things that have been problematic, but it's been things, you know, in, when you're looking for the greatest amount of performance possible, then that's always been one of the kind of ways that you can improve performance is by getting okay. outside of, you know, operating system bottlenecks like that. So I think so, that's going to be the thing that's going to be potentially the most problematic, but I, I'm sure you'll be able to work your way around it but it's probably going to be the thing that makes me most nervous about applications potentially working on the 10.9 in the future. So, you know, I would theorize. <laughs> okay. Right. Oh, no, there is one more Apple thing left. Is there? Oh, oh yeah, because yeah, we we're going to swap those two around. So we, this is the iRadio um, the up, that's been updated, so we speculated on it, and it is indeed going to be within iTunes. It's iTunes Radio. So, but there you go. I'm glad they didn't like call it iRadio. Yeah. It's, it's going to run like like you would expect a streaming service to run, only it has a big button which allows you to buy the song, and it will show you a list of songs you've previously listened to where you can press buy. And it might possibly bring advertising to the iOS lock screen. Shock horror! Though, a... you can pay to have it, what is it, 25... £25 a year to be part of iTunes Match, and that will come with ad-free version of it. Well, hopefully, if you're not... Basically, hopefully, it's only when you're using iTunes Radio that you'll get ads on your thing. So if you don't use it at all, you won't get ads on the lock screen. Let's hope that that's how they've done it. <laughs> cool. There we go. There of end of the Apple Fruity News Yay. Yay. And now, unfortunately, we have to do the last news item, which isn't Apple-related and should have been in the section before this. But it's, it's, it's old news, and it almost made its plunder. But this is one just quickly to mention. So the Electronic Freedom Foundation, EFF, um, is running a request for prior art regarding podcasting. So um, oh. essentially, somebody is trying to trying to do a patent troll against podcasting in general. They've approached a few people and already extracted some funds for doing so. So um, the EFF is looking for prior art to, to challenge this and has also built up a kind of cash fund as well to support this kind of case. And essentially the, the, the patent in question is, um, this is a little snippet from it, apparatus for disseminating a series of episodes represented by media, media files via the internet as said episodes become available. Oh, God. That is go. so, like, wide open and generic. That, so it, it's, it's a classic It's a classic patent. Um, so if you've been producing a podcast for a long time, prior, you know, kind of like mid-90s, then it's probably worth seeing, checking to see if you're older than the current prior art they have. But, oh, technically, this would also apply to, because it doesn't say audio, it says media. So that, yes. I mean, is that not also what a blog is? <laughs> Blogs must have been around for much longer than that patent. Oh, well, that's yes. that, saying that. I thought I'd come across this exact story a while ago, but you've reminded me with the blog, it's the RSS thing, and I think 
the, the story that I remembered a while ago was somebody claiming RSS and they were trying to say that they'd invented that before anyone was using it and wanted everyone that was using RSS in the world to pay them. Um, but yeah, that, I, I despair at the patent system. I, Oh, it's just—it's just greed. It's horrible. Like there's, there's a point at which patents like make sense, and you you can say yes, okay, patents are good for a certain thing. But then there's this kind of thing, and it's happening all over the place as well. It's happening with scanners, um, uh, and things like um, s scanning directly to email, and and it's just like, oh. You just want to throttle these guys, these these trolls, and tell them to just go and work in a mill or something. I don't know. Anyway, I mean, I, the voice of reason. <laughs> that was a very that was a very poor argument, I have to say. But uh, I, I find it incredibly frustrating that people think they can get away with being greedy like this and trying to get money from people for stuff that's established like this you know there's nothing there's nothing particularly special about podcasting or whatever that sh it should be patented that it should even have had a patent attached to it it's not as if everybody saw their idea and said yeah we'll do that too it's more just that it's something that emerged as a inevitability a of a technology yeah it's a practice you know you can't you can't patent a practice like that. It's like saying, oh, uh, I was the first person to play a guitar, so therefore I've patented playing a guitar, and anyone who plays a guitar has to pay me a pound. Yeah, right. Anyway, let's but finish it, the... No, no, you have something to say. Yes. Well, I was just going to say, if you want some more in-depth coverage about patents or stuff like that, then I, I would definitely recommend to you the Command Line Podcast by Thomas Gideon. He talks about this stuff all the time. Um, so that's a good place to recommend there. Obviously, the EFF is a not-for-profit American-based foundation who I would strongly recommend as well. There's also the Free Software Foundation as well who, who look at similar stuff. So if you're interested in those kind of topics, they're the, they're the people to go and have a look at. I'm sure we will kind of bounce around these kind of issues as we do every now and again, but you know, for proper, some in-depth coverage from them, they're the kind of people to look at. And I guess um, also something else who's worth thinking of is um, called uh, Dr. Roy as well. Uh, no, his name is bounced from my head. Yeah, um, I'll, I'll put them in the links. But there's uh, one uh, an American who works as an English academic who is really, really hot on this stuff and writes a lot of really accessible material, which explains the issues here. I'm just uh, quickly jumping through my nook, and it will actually give, remind me of his name properly because it's in my notes on here. Uh, Core Doctor Roy. That's who. Corey Doctor Roy is who I was thinking of. He has Have loads of nook? material about that as well. There you go. Have you got a nook? Yeah, we're not being distracted by that. Adam. Oh. <laughs> But I do, yes, here it is. It'll just pass by the video. Okay, so anyway, we've come to the end of the news. And Yay! that can mean just one thing. What is it, Scott and Sam? Plunder time. Arr, arr, arr. Cool. So uh, two, two plunder items this week. Uh, I'll, take the, I'll take the first one because I threw it up there. I actually have to both of them up there. Um, Microwell <laughs> OS. I came across this really quickly. This is a Python static site generator which makes uh, podcast feeds. So if you do any kind of web stuff or you run a podcast yourself, this is a way of making a static site with the kind of correct kind of RSS support in there to go into iTunes and stuff like that, which was something I was looking for and happened to turn up today across my feed. So I thought that was awesome. So... um. You know, I wanted to put it in the notes, so that's kind of cool. Very, you know, it's kind of geeky, and then with additional geekiness on the side. But I thought that was a cool thing, and I wanted to mention it. Um, so that's kind of cool. 
How about the um, why I no longer give away my music? Did either of you guys pick up this story this week? No, but I can I, tell you what it says right here. <laughs> I, I almost did. I almost did. Well, this is... I, I don't want to, It's a well-written article, which is quite interesting, so I think it's best for people to go take a look at it themselves. It, it's on, on the comments. But it's essentially this, this um, gentleman's story about his experiences of using the Creative Commons Attribution non-commercial 2.5 license. This, this um, gentleman, it's Bob Ostertag. Bob yep. Ostertag. Who's a professor of techno-cultural studies. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> so it, it's, it's cool. I'm saying he's done some work with the Kronos Quartet and various other, you know, various other people. But... Um, Essentially, but he's, a, he's a guy who doesn't need to give his music away for free. He's a guy who's kind of already established. He's a name, you know. Well, well, that's true. I'm saying that this this story is quite interesting, actually, because the the first part of it is that he, having been represented by a small label, he ended that arrangement, gave away his music for free, and then eventually, through, eventually discovered that the label was still collecting royalties on his behalf, but not actually telling him. Um, which is but quite, which, not, he, which he discovers only through a copyright dispute on his own work. But that's so, not to do with giving away his music. That's the record label just being sneaky. Well, well yeah. But the point he, the, the reason that he, that information's there is because it's that kind of behaviour which is what kind of disenfranchised him with the label and the reason why he left the, the label he was being represented with at the time. But he then goes on to say that his observation is while his free music is downloaded by massive amounts of people and far far more than he ever sold, is anybody actually listening to the music? Or do people just collect it and never listen? Never actually yeah. listen to the music they now, they now collect? Which Maybe. is interesting. And then he finally goes on to say that with the streaming, he then kind of goes on to say that the streaming services won't actually deal with a lot of Creative Commons music. They want music they can, you know, that, that they, you know, they pay for. They, they're not actually happy to work with these kind of Creative Commons licensed tracks. So he started to release music under, you know, with a charge now so he can put it into the streaming services where he can actually gain revenue from it as the producer of the music, as the creator of the music, while the people listening to it aren't actually paying for it specifically. They're getting it as part of another kind of package. And that's an important thing about this article is when he says give it away for free, he's actually meaning under a Creative Commons license, not just um, you can download it for free, but it's it's still copyrighted. Yeah. So that's – I we probably haven't done a great service to the article. Therefore, I would definitely recommend that people should go and have a look at the article and give it a proper give, give it a proper read and have a, have a consider there. But I thought it was an interesting little – little kind of development there and perhaps you know definitely worth drawing our listeners attentions to if they hadn't seen it already it, it was earlier on this at the end of last week so it's been around for the weekend already but I thought it was cool and worth mentioning there we go sweet anything else or have we made it to the end that's it I think we made it to the end Scott oh, that is that's an awesome effort well done everybody <laughs> he says you know what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna I'm gonna start the music playing again. But before we do that, we should we should end the end the show really. So All right. It's, it, it's been episode 88 of the audio podcast, New Fruit. Um, I have been Scott Hewitt. I am Samuel Freeman. And don't forget, you can go to the uh, you can go to Twitter, the audio podcast. You can go to the website, theaudiopodcast.co.uk. 
I've been Adam Yanch, and this is the end. Goodbye. Goodbye.